Welcome to Beyond the Pulpit with Rodrigo Luna. This episode was produced to explore life beyond public ministry, finding a balance between life, ministry, and the call of God. Thanks for joining another episode of Beyond the Pulpit. Really do appreciate you tuning in. And thanks for tuning in for all the previous podcasts that we have recorded. Today, I want to discuss the subject of worship. Worship is one of my passions, one of my favorite ministries. We've had several conferences in the past where we talk and teach and take dedicated nights just to worship and praise and basically dive into that atmosphere of worship without knowing what will happen that night and it just generates something inside of me that has a timeless 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 moment i can go back to those recordings and listen to them three or four months even a year later and it will still have presence on them and that is one of my favorite things about worship that is timeless uh today i want to talk with you about Something that I basically took over from someone who used to be a type of reformer. His name was David K. Blomgren. He was from Canada, I believe, and he had a specific calling to the church to basically reintroduce concepts that were there before or that at some point in time lost their flavor. Um, One of them was, uh, he had several books, but two of my favorite books that he ever wrote was Prophetic Gatherings in the Church, which has um, been reauthored by someone else. I don't recall the name of the author now. And the second book is Restoring Praise and Worship to the Church, which has been a new edition that myself, John Eckhart, Jenny Weaver, and Kevin Leal have um, taken the time to rewrite or reintroduce to this generation. And I really believe that God has... Um, established that in the earth today for us because it's so important that we don't allow another generation to go into the world basically with just a a lack of worship um, ability to see it or to know what it is or what it does and so today I want to take some time to simply go through Uh, some of the things that are important to me about worship, and I think that it will really be a blessing to you. You know, many people today have disqualified themselves from um, becoming a worship leader or a worship um, believer, or they have just simply abandoned the worship ministry. Now, I know that um, from having relationships inside of a publishing um, business perspective, they're have informed us that worship is really one of the hardest things for people to oftentimes um, buy a book for or purchase for whatever reason. Many people do not want to know about worship. And I think that that is a direct attack from the enemy. When we look at the whole industry of Hollywood and what it represents, there are many people there who I know who went to several uh, shows and came back differently from when they came. You know, the seed of Satan is inside of worship leaders all across the globe who want to become a celebrity and who want to exalt themselves instead of exalting God. But I believe that there is a generation of believers who is arising 
who is going to come into the earth and basically release the sounds of earth and earth that have not been released yet. I believe that there are songs, that there are chord progressions, that there are rhythms, that there are different types of melodies who have not yet been that have not yet been released in the earth. And I am so excited for what God is going to do in the days to come. But one of the things that I wanted to share with you today is the concept of musical eyes. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a prophetic believer? You know, being prophetic is not about what you're looking at, is what you're looking for. The Lord sent Samuel to anoint a king in Jesse's house. God does not choose people by the seeing of the eye, but he measures by the heart. God is looking at our hearts. The kingdom of God is a heart kingdom. And the song of the Lord is more than just singing a song. One can measure the relationship of the worship leader with Jesus through the song. And let me say this, a good voice does not mean good presence. Thousands of believers have good voices, but they have a bad relationship with Jesus. The song of the Lord brings the presence of God into the earth. There's something that when worship begins to um, touch the, the leader that can only take people where their heart is. Let me say that again. Worship leaders, minstrels, um, and anybody who, who is a part of any musical worship uh, aspect, you can only take people where your heart is. One song can change a complete church service. One drummer who hits the right rhythm can change the entire flow. One chord progression that sets the, sound, the right sound can usher a move of the Spirit. Many believers today <clears throat> have become religious entertainment for the show, and they've displayed this during their church services. Gifts are dying and struggling to flourish because the culture um, of a lot of churches is more concerned with raising money than worshiping God in the Spirit and truth. You know, I'm reminded of the woman at the well. When Jesus came to her, she said that hour is coming, that those who will worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. The word truth in the Hebrew is the word for reality. And I believe that many believers are worshiping outside of reality. They are stuck in a spiritual simulator that leads them to a place of principles without application. And worship is going to is, is, is basically a driving vehicle to allow this to happen. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 20 and 21, he said, To the Jews, preach like the Jews, and to the Greek, preach like the Greeks. In other words, what he was saying is take the gospel and enculturate it to fit their culture. And in so many present times, we have Judah, which many people believe and are aware of the concept that Judah goes first. But Judah in the church, at least in America, I believe has gone into cap captivity. Judah is a symbolic to praise and worship of God. In a large portion of churches, Judah is in captivity. The real anointing to help deliver is to get the mixture out. You know, the church becomes what the church sings. There is a famous quote by a, by a philosopher um, from, I believe it was either Socrates um, who said this or some of the other, or some of, one of the other uh, philosophers from back in the age who said, you can have all the money, you can have all the armies, have all the books, but if you let me determine the songs that people sing, I will rule the nation. 
So my question to you, are you singing as a slave or as a son or daughter? Worship is the doorway to the supernatural. If you want to exit the earth and hit the spirit that God designed it, that it would be through worship. Every one of us is trapped inside of time and space. And the only thing that would allow us to exit time and space is to touch eternity is living in the realm of the spirit. Have you ever been in a service where you have the presence of God just comes in? The wind, the presence, the fire of God just basically comes in the room and you are there for hours, but it literally felt like maybe 10 or 15 minutes. That means that that worship service went into went into um, exited time and space because the presence of God came there. That's why I said that the worship um, songs that are recorded in heaven, they have a timeless essence to them you know it says in first chronicles sixteen twenty nine, give unto the lord the glory due unto his name bring an offering and come before him worship the lord in the beauty of holiness that is a key sentence worship or scripture worship the lord in the beauty of holiness is there anything more beautiful than god himself do you think that the creator would um create something more relig- more glorious than him you know, those are questions that as worship leaders, we have to ask ourselves. If your word, if your board and worship is because you haven't seen him. If you're not captivated in worship is because you have never seen him. You know, many believers are trying to get through a platform what can only come through the cross. Worship is not designed to be constrained by time. If your main focus during worship is questioning how long uh, until it's over, that is because you have not seen God. He is a beautiful being. And if you've never been captivated. So whenever you have worship leaders who have sets or have times or they're constrained, you cannot constrain worship. That's not the way that God designed that it would happen. You know, in First Chronicles, you have the three prophetic companies that God established the, through families. Asaph, <clears throat> Jedathan, and Heman. Each of those families took an eight, basically a seven or eight hour set, and they played 24 hours, and they created a worship culture that changed the way that the earth ever interpreted worship. And that is something that I'm not saying is going to be recreated today, but I believe that there's going to be worship waves or times of worship that come and basically redesign how we worship God today. You know, many believers go into a church service and they go on a Sunday and they say, oh, um, will this man or woman ever stop singing? Not unless they stop seeing him. If the worship leader is captivated by God, they will never stop worshiping because they, they will never stop seeing him. If you've ever seen, if you've never seen his beauty, his beauty, you're not qualified to lead his people into worship. Unless worship leaders see the beauty that they will become open targets to be seduced by every other beauty. If I'm going to say that one more time. Unless worship leaders see the beauty of God, you will become an open target to be seduced by every other beauty. What does that mean? If you've never had much before, if you've never had um, much experience in the area of worship and you become a worship leader, and your heart is not dedicated to God, you know, it's easy in ministry to catch the attention of people because of gifting. 
because people oftentimes come broke come from broken places and they magnify gift over character and holistic perspectives and so if you have never seen his beauty you will be it's easy for you to be seduced by every other beauty the attraction of people can become religious flattery to you um money people can start sewing into you and i'm not saying that that's a negative thing but when that becomes your priority outside of worship you are being seduced by the powers of the earth today worship feeds your spirit you know i know that there are many believers who still sing old songs and i'm not against old songs or old hymns but basically the way that i look at the worship song is like this if you leave a food outside of um the refrigerator that you are not supposed to or something that perhaps has minerals but the minerals need to be in a certain um environment to live and if you leave them outside of their environment that um food inside of the miniature will eventually become rotten and die well i believe that there are worship songs who perhaps have been left out for such a long time that they lost their minerals they lost their vitamins worship feeds us and if there's a lack of desire for worship there is a void in the heart to to be filled So when we have food that's been left out for days, it just tastes horrible. You don't eat it. You throw it out. So when there's songs that have lost their time, they have an expiration date. And so this is the reason many are empty even after a galore of services, prayer services, and preaching. Because worship provides an eternal satisfaction. And when we don't have that eternal satisfaction, we simply, you know, we keep going from service to service, from place to place, trying to gain something from man that you can only gain from Christ. In order for all believers to feel full of the presence of God, they must learn to live to worship God. The purpose of worship is to glorify God. But in that worship, God transferred life. You know, the reason many believers still feel empty after various church services is because there's a lack of transfer life. And so today, as we talk about this worship experience and the natural eyes and the musical eyes, one of the most important things is that we have to learn to see the beauty of God. Because if you have not yet seen the beauty of God, again, you are being you are an easy target for the enemy to use you to deceive by anything that he puts in front of you. So you have to have the musical eyes of God. Have you seen the beauty of God? Have you seen the beauty of his holiness? Have you behold the presence of God? Are you a worship leader who has been captivated by the presence of God and you don't want to move outside of that? You don't want to go anywhere. You can stay in worship for extended periods of times. You know, those are just part of the qualifications. And I believe that there are many believers who get stuck in what I call nostalgia worship you know i don't mind again again i don't mind singing older songs if they're led by the holy ghost many go back to their repertoire uh, because it makes them feel nice and fussy it, it's like it remembers them it causes to remembering the old days every song has an expiration day there are songs like for example if you're on the radio in the car and you're driving and a song comes on the first reference point in your mind is going to be the time that that song brought you back to. I, I I'm 
I've traveled in the car. I've taken road trips with my wife. And we'll play songs and we'll start saying, oh, man, this reminds me of this. This reminds me of this. The worship that you play or the song that you play or the song that you listen to should not only remind you of the time, but should redirect you back, back to Christ. Songs are, mer- are made <clears throat> for certain seasons. And when the season is over, the song loses its grace and flavor. So it's nothing against the time frame. It's nothing against what the song represented. But it's simply, it's simply again, it's like leaving out the food in the cold. The color changes, the minerals and the vitamins slowly fade out. Why? Because it went past the time of its lifespan. It expired. What we sing should be what God is doing right now. What we sing is what God wants to demonstrate right now. If we have nostalgic worship, we can only provide an experience for something that has already expired. It's like tasting expired milk. It's bitter, it's ugly, and it's totally displeasing to our taste buds. But if the song selection comes from your memory banks and not the mind and heart of God, it's nostalgic worship. We need seers and prophets on our worship teams. You have to have something that you can see. That's why worship is spiritual. We worship the true and living God. We have to press into this realm. This is not something that comes overnight. This is not something that you just um, experience. But the way that the kingdom operates is seize, seek, ask, and knock. We have to press. We have to push. If we don't see, we have to press some more until we see it. Knock some more and ask some more. If we worship leaders, get it wrong. The whole service many times goes into captivity. Why? Because worship sets us free. I'm reminded of the scripture in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas were in the in the prison. But their worship and their praise in the midst of chaos in the midnight hour set them free. It liberated them. It caused them. It caused them to go into a place of freedom and liberty. Them, and liberty. It's important that we teach our um, worship people, our generations to come, to follow the flow, discern the right rhythm, the proper flow, the sound, the intensity. If you're a leader, a leader, don't be afraid to correct your singers. If you're a pastor, you are the worship leader. They are your singers. Tell your worship leaders what you're preaching on and encourage them to believe God to give them a song that helps to build what you're ministering on. Push them into an updated sound, a sound that carries the substance and the presence of God. There are many believers who have been polluted in worship. They are they, they have an attitude that now worship has become a business. They have be, an attitude where I don't play unless you pay. So in other words, you are a worship prostitute. You are only worshiping according to the prize that you're able to pay. If you are angry or bitter, and now I'm speaking to worship leaders and pastors, if you are angry or bitter with your pastor because he or she is not paying you, a heart check is surely needed. I'm not saying that competent musicians and singers should not be um, compensated for their time. However, money should not be the leading case and your only motivation to worship God. And that tells me that if you don't pay, <clears throat> if you don't play unless they pay, you have no purpose to match the presence of God. But we're going to discuss more about worship in the day in, in the next podcast. I wanted to give just a brief synopsis of my passion in worship and why I'm so um, 
dedicated to the restoration of this ministry because I believe that there are people today who are in captivity inside of worship and I love worship. There's nothing like having a powerful worship experience. So I want to encourage you today to check your heart. Pray that one prayer in Psalms 51 10. Create in me, Lord, a pure heart and a steadfast spirit. And if that if you've been in that place, and if you've been in that position as a worship leader, who you've been more concerned about the set that you've been about the presence of God, I want to encourage you, ask God to give you direction, to give you a turnaround moment for your worship team. Thanks so much for tuning in for this specific podcast. We'll catch you next time. God bless. Beyond the Pulpit with Rodrigo Luna. This episode was produced to explore life beyond public ministry. Finding a balance between life, ministry, and the call of God.